Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. The Westwood One Podcast Network presents The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Murder in the name of God. The Sri Lankan terrorist attacks stand in sharp contrast with the peacefulness of Passover and the peacefulness of Easter. Yes, indeedy. Of course, you'll be hard-pressed to find out who or which religion murdered in the name of God given that the media doesn't want you to put two and two together. You see, yesterday was Easter Sunday, and Christians around the world gathered in fellowship to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. While most were fortunate enough to do this in safety, 300 people are dead, 500 are wounded. That's almost 1,000, 300 dead, 500 wounded. After quote, some people, some people targeted three churches and three hotels in Sri Lanka. But I can't tell you who they were. We have only one name. Mohammed Aziz Mohammed, even though 24 people have been arrested in connection with this act of murder, and we have their names, we're, we're still not sure who was behind it. According to a video on the Guardian website, they did not name any of the arrested parties, except one which I caught early in the morning, Mohammed Aziz Mohammed. These murders were referred to as a militant group. Militant group. A Sri Lankan cabinet spokesman, Rajita Saradatni, said there were seven suicide bombers from the domestic group, but added that an international network was involved. Mm. On the radio this morning, I heard it specified on American media that it was citizens of Sri Lanka who were behind this so-called suicide attack. No mention of it, any international network, no mention of terrorism. And by the way, among the dead are several U.S. citizens, according to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. It was religious fanatics who did this, so it must be religion in general that causes violence, right? All religions of violence, right? Well, if you're occasional cortex or Miss Talib or Ms. Omar, I guess all religions 
are the same except for their peaceful religion. I wonder, though, was it a group of Hindus who decided to carry out this deadly attack on Christianity? Maybe it was a rogue group of Buddhist monks came in from China. Perhaps the Jews flew in from Israel in black coats. Or maybe it was the most reviled group of all, white American Christians who strapped suicide vests. I don't think so. Finally, it came out, which I'm going to tell you right now, that a radical Muslim terror group, National Thawid Jamath, may have been behind the suicide bombings. You see, ignoring Islamic terrorism is not only deadly, it is racist and suicidal. Let me repeat it again. By ignoring Islamic terrorism, you're practicing racism. Those who refuse to acknowledge the danger that lurks in fanatical sects of Islam condemn all who practice it to the same label in the minds of many. Perhaps they refuse to acknowledge the crimes of some because they think that will protect innocent Muslims. But the way they report stories like this makes it harder for many people to differentiate between any and any of them. People also don't like being lied to. People want to know who perpetrate murder. People want to know who commit crimes. And this kind of media negligence could cause a backlash against the very people they think they're protecting. In many ways, the election of Donald Trump, President Trump, was a reaction to this kind of stupidity and head-in-the-sand thinking. People are tired of being lied to by the vermin in the media and the establishment. We're tired of having the facts twisted. And we're not as dumb and helpless as they think. We are at a point where liberalism is not only a mental disorder, it is a suicidal mental disorder. Michael Savage, a host like no other. I bet you say some days I wish this double chin would just go away. Who doesn't? Well, this Mother's Day, your wishes our command with Genucel's outrageous Mother's Day sale. Listen, double chins, sagging jawlines, and turkey necks. Ugh, are real problems until now. Introducing the new Genucel jawline treatment formulated with MDL technology. Robin S. from Lubbock, Texas wrote, I put that jawline cream on my neck like two or three days ago. That is the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me my face looks young. I'm blown away, she says. Sure, you could go for expensive or harsh treatments to look younger, but why don't you try this? Why would you do the expensive way first? From now until Mother's Day, the Genucel jawline treatment is yours absolutely free when you order the classic Genucel for eye bags and puffiness. And with its instant effects, you'll see results in the first 12 hours. It's guaranteed or you get your money back. How's that? Just go to Genucel.com. That's Genucel.com. Or simply call 800-SKIN-891. 800-SKIN-891. And you're going to get a surprise Mother's Day premium gift with all orders. How? Call 800-SKIN-891. Or go to Genucel.com. That's Genucel.com. Or 800-SKIN-891. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Now, for those of you who purchased my best-selling book, God, Faith, and Reason, I would invite you to go get your copy out because we're going to read from one page together. It's funny. It's like having a little a little Seder on the air, but it's an interesting thing. I'm, I'm going to give you the, my version, not the biblical version of Passover. And I'm going to tell you that although the biblical version is the most important one, my personal version is not so unimportant. And I'll give it to you right now, page 155. Are you ready for this? A modern Passover Seder may not mean the same thing to people today as the ancient one did to the Israelites. 
I'm not against tradition. I'm just saying a lot of people don't hear the message anymore or even want to listen, right? Although they may say our ancestors were slaves, it has no meaning to them. It's mumbled at Passover Seders. Our ancestors were slaves. We eat the unleavened bread to remind us we were slaves in Egypt. So what does that mean? Well, what it can mean for us today is that we are still slaves in our own life, and we can break the bonds of slavery anytime we want. And if you take it as a personal Seder, a personal Passover, you can learn to release yourself from your own chains, whether they be alcohol, the chains of drugs, the chains of sexual addiction, the chains of gambling addiction. You could say to yourself, I admit, God, I'm a slave. And once you admit you're a slave and that you are enslaved, then you're a slave and you beg God to forgive you and free you. You can decide from that day forward to seek to break those chains of bondage and become a free man or a free woman. That is a modern way to interpret the significance of Passover, to give it a modern meaning and eternal meaning. And you must take meaning from the ancient and give it to some modern meaning and give it some modern meaning or else it loses its value altogether. Unfortunately, to most people, it has to do with, with chicken, with chopped liver, with gefilte fish, with brisket, with hamantashen, and things of that nature. To them, it's about drinking too much wine because you're supposed to drink four cups of wine at the Seder. For too many people, it's just an excuse to get drunk around a communal table in a nice setting with a clean tablecloth and good silverware. But the Passover Seder is about breaking our bondage. For though thy people, O Israel, be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them shall return, and extermination is determined, overflowing with righteousness, Isaiah ten twenty-two. Let's take a little piece of music and not go to a break. Go right back to me. Please, let's not talk about Mueller and the meaning of the Mueller report. I'm sick of it. I'm sure you're sick of it. You've heard it already. Two, two straight years is enough. In fact, if you play the music right now, Clint, what's this? Was this Yankel Pippick? I turn it off. It's, it makes me squirm. You know, but Diana was an interesting one. That's part of the Passover Seder, now that you played it for me. Clint is a, is a good Christian boy, went to a, a Christian college, I think I can say. And he's a knowledgeable guy. I mean, he studied foreign languages and he knows them. But he kind of suggested the Dianu song to me. And he said, it used to make me squirm as a child. He said, what does Dianu mean? I said, Dianu is in tonight's Passover Seder toward the end, after your stomach is stuffed and you're quite drunk. And it's about, if God gives me this much, that will be enough. That's what Dayenu means. And you keep repeating, Dayenu. Dayenu meaning enough. That's enough. That's enough. What you're doing, you're saying to God, I don't need everything. I just need some things. I need a certain amount of things. And a little later on, I'll actually read you the Dayenu part of it, so you'll understand that it's a beautiful piece of the Passover uh, ceremony. i got to tell you that. Basically, I'm talking about the meaning of Easter. What does Good Friday mean? What really happens on Sunday? When was Jesus crucified historically? When did he return from the dead? How are they combined with the Last Supper? How does the Last Supper combine with the meaning of Passover? Because remember, his Last Supper was a Passover Seder. Am I right, Clint? You're the biblical expert. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. Let's never forget that. He went to a Seder. At the Seder, which was his Last Supper, something happened to him shortly thereafter, okay? That's what we are talking about. So basically, it is celebrated in the Jewish calendar as the, uh, the the holiday of unleavened bread, matzah unleavened bread. And Jewish people are not supposed to eat leavened bread until the end of Passover, which is eight days from now, the night of April 27th on the, uh, on the calendar. They should not eat any uh, leavened bread. So throw out your bagels. The bagel business is over until that day. 
So what does it really mean, all of this? I try to explain to you. It means a lot of different things, but it doesn't have to mean that you have to sit there in a solemn, frightened manner. And if you go to a Seder tonight, uh, you're going to see a Seder plate, and on it you'll see some weird things like a shank bone. Now, what do the Jews put a shank bone on there for? A bit of herbs. You're going to see horseradish, greens, a boiled egg. You're going to see a thing called herosis. What does this ritual mean, and why should it be continued for so long? Well, again, you could look this up yourself on the Seder plate. The bitter herbs on the plate symbolize the bitterness and harshness of the slavery that the Hebrew people endured in Egypt. Okay? What does the shank bone or chicken neck symbolize? Not Adam Schiff. The chicken neck or the shank bone on the plate symbolizes the paschal lamb, the Passover sacrifice which was a poor lamb that was offered in the temple in Jerusalem, had his throat slit, then roasted and eaten as part of the meal on Seder night. All right. Then you have a hard-boiled egg on the plate. Symbolizes the festival sacrifice that was offered in the temple in Jerusalem, and the egg was roasted and eaten as part of the meal on Seder night. Okay, what does that mean? You'll have to figure. There's many different things you can look at. It's been changed over the years. You got the haroset a sweet mixture representing the mortar and brick used by the Hebrew slaves to build the storehouses or pyramids of Egypt, okay? I will tell you something that I learned, why we feed our dogs first. It has to do with the Passover, Seder. You won't believe this one. The Jews fed their dogs first because of this. But during this ceremony of Passover, the Seder, there was always something that perplexed me as a boy because I was a rebel. And... There's a prayer that says the Torah speaks of four types of children. One who is wise, one who is contrary, one who is simple, and one who does not even know how to ask a question. And they tell you what a wise child asks. What is the meaning of the laws and the customs that the Lord has commanded us? The contrary child says, what is the meaning of this ceremony to you? Saying to you, he excludes himself from his own people and cuts himself off from his own people. The third type of child, the simple one, says, what is this about? He doesn't even know. And then the fourth one, who does not even know how to ask it, it explains how you, you answer that child. So I always ask myself, am I the wise child, the contrary child, the simple child? And then as I got older, I realized I'm all of them. We are all everything. That's the liberation of this thing. None of us are all wise or all simple. Sometimes the simplest man is wise at times. Sometimes the wisest man is foolish at times. So I would tell children, we're all four types. Don't worry about it. Don't try to be the wisest person on the block. You know, do the best you can. But some days you're going to be a, a fool. Some days you're going to be bewildered. Some days you're going to be contrary. Some days you're going to be all of those things. We can be both king and clown, is what I would say. That, again, is my interpretation. But then I'm not a religious person. I'm only a talk show host. So the Seder begins with, they drink a lot of wine, Jewish people, four glasses of wine. For those who don't drink or are not alcoholic or gave up drinking, uh, you can serve grape juice. Red grape juice is great. Pure grape juice, no sugar, wonderful stuff with some ice in it, a little lemon. And it begins with the four questions where the people chant, and it means, how is this night different from all other nights? And the answer is, on all other nights, we may eat either leavened or unleavened bread. On this night, we eat only unleavened bread. On all other nights, we may eat any vegetable. On this night, we require to eat bitter herbs. On all other nights, we are not 
forbidden to dip our vegetables even once, and this night we dipped them twice. And on all of the nights we eat our meals in any manner. On this night, why do we sit around the table together in a ceremonial fashion? And then the matzah is uncovered, and there is an answer which says, We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord our God brought us forth from there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. And if the Holy One, blessed be he, had not brought forth our ancestors from Egypt, then we and our children and our children's children would still be enslaved to Pharaoh in Egypt. Therefore, even if we are all learned and wise, all elders and fully versed in the Torah, it is our duty nonetheless to retell the story of the exodus from Egypt. And the more one dwells on the exodus from Egypt, the more one is to be praised. So again, I interpret it in a more modernistic fashion. I don't dwell on Egypt. I I wasn't personally there. I don't remember it. I have no recollection of it. As I said to you in the beginning, uh, as I wrote in God, Faith, and Reason, I have a more modernistic interpretation. Forgive me if it offends you. But it's more about liberation than it is about ancestry and history. And it means that we're all still slaves in one way or another in our own lives. And that we have the power to break the bonds of slavery anytime we want. If you take it as a personal Seder, a personal Passover, whether you are in prison or you are imprisoned, you can learn to release yourself from your own chains, whether they be the prison of alcohol, the prison of drugs, the prison of internet pornography or sexual addiction, the prison of gambling. You could just have to say first, I am a slave. I have no control over this slavery. And you could beg God to help you free yourself and break those chains. And you could decide from that day forward to seek to break those chains of bondage and become a free woman or a free man again. That's another way to interpret the significance of Passover, to give it a modern meaning, an eternal meaning. And that means you must take meaning from the ancient and give it some modern meaning or else it loses its value altogether. It's not just about chopped liver and matzah. It's not about drinking cheap kosher wine. Uh, It's about much more meaning than that. You know, I have an interesting story. Where is this? I think it's, I don't know which book it's in already. It's a blur. I've written so many books because it's been such a long life to this point and may it continue until the age of Moses, but that's up to God, not up to me. In one of my books, I believe it's in God, Faith, and Reason, I tell the story of a Jewish gangster who, I mean, talking about a murderer, this guy had murdered many people. He wasn't just a a Shylock. He was a really bad dude. He had been in many shootouts. He'd been shot many times, but he never died. And he said it's only when he was dying in a prison. I think it was in Corcoran. He said he was on death's door. He was dying of a lethal illness. That he said only when I was broken was I, because he was one of these tough guys who nobody could break. Do you understand that? This is what we mean by a tough guy. is someone who's so tough, nothing can reach him. And he said only when I was broken by this disease and I was on death's door and I begged God, to save me, did I find God and liberate myself? It's an amazing story. And uh, it's a st- I had him as an interview on the show, right? I know I did. Jewish Gangster Finds God, page 173. Jewish Gangster Finds God, not going to read it, it'll boy to death, page 173. And uh, it ends with him in the prison, hospital. And uh, he says, I'm not in the battle zone anymore. When you get out of the army, you stop fighting. He says, I'm not in that army anymore. I've been shot 11 times in the streets in this country. I've had 16 gunfights. I've been in two major mafia gang wars, and that's only on this side of the border, okay? But I'm going to tell you something, Michael. When you don't need to do that, 
when you're not a combatant, then you look at the, uh, you know, you smell the flowers. And I thank God <clears throat> that I'm not here. You know, listen, I faced the gas chamber on my last case and I beat three strikes three times by the grace of God only. And I, you know what, Michael, you don't have to be a, to, a fool to sit around and compliment yourself and say, hey, it's interesting. It's all in there. I, I guess I should read it myself tonight. Do those people still exist? That kind of raw toughness? You bet it does. It exists in this country. It exists in the police. It exists in the military. It exists in the world of the crime, of crime. And it certainly exists in many other countries. Man doesn't change that much, by the way. It doesn't change that much. The only thing that's changed that much in this country is the media. The media has perverted the entire meaning of life. I want to say that I actually am thankful to God for the many lives I have had on radio. You know, they say a cat has nine lives. Well, I'll tell you, this cat has had many lives in radio. This is a man whose career has ended several times. And like a phoenix, I rose from the ashes. I am through a, a phase right now where I rose again from the ashes when it was all over on over 220 stations today, streamed around the world, reaching many, many people in my own way. And uh, the one part that is missing in my life, and I, uh, I, I can't tell you every detail of all the feelings I have about this, because I almost left it all in the last three months. I was ready to just walk away from everything for a number of reasons. But for some reason, the energy came back down to me and told me this was the place for me to be after long consideration of either doing nothing or doing other things or doing a combination of nothing and other things. God said to me, stay with what you have because I gave it to you. God could take it away from me with this, just one second. He can give me a stroke. Do you, have, you know how this works? Do you understand how this all works? That every morning you wake up, why the first prayer in the Jewish prayer book says, a number of things, but it says that my body is filled with many orifices and vessels, and if any one of them were to be blocked or closed, I wouldn't be here. It's a divine way of thanking God for every breath we take. I know you can get crazy if you think about it. A child doesn't want to think about it, nor does a human being. But it's not so bad to think about how lucky we are to have every breath, not with every breath, but from occasionally to think about it makes you a more connected person to the power that gives you that breath. That's all I can say. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Chaos in Colombo. Eight explosions. Suicide vests. One of the Muslim bombers. I know I shouldn't say Muslim. What should I say? What should I say? Should I become a man without a mind, without a tongue, without a mind? Just keep denying what's going on. And by the way, I've been waiting all day. I've been waiting all day. That's why I haven't given this little presentation today. For one word from one of our Muslim representatives in Congress, the Honorable Ms. Talib, the Honorable whatever her name is. Where are they? Why have they said nothing? Or how about the so-called Council on American-Islamic Relations? Where are they today? Have they even done a symbol of sorrow? I haven't seen it. Perhaps I've missed it. I've waited all day to hear something from them. But at the close of this evening, I have heard nothing from Congresswoman Tlaib 
Congresswoman, whatever her name is, from uh, Michigan, the other one from uh, Minnesota. I never saw anything like this. And the media on their hands and knees, worshiping them, worshiping them like they're God Almighty, like we never found religion before in America. Like there are no fundamentalist Christians and Orthodox Jews. There are no devout Hindus. There are no devout Jews. This is the world we're living in. A world of bury your head in the sand until you're blown up. Well, what can I say to you other than we shall speak until we are silenced? We shall all speak out until we are all silenced, or we shall silence them. It's one or the other. The bomber got into the buffet and then unleashed devastation. Now, why did the government of Sri Lanka shut down social media today? There's only one reason. <clears throat> Yo no creo. I, I do creo. Yo no creo. I creo. I believe. I believe I know why the government shut down today. So we'll look at God Almighty and God the Eternal. Today is a day of resurrection. The day that Jesus came back from the dead. To bring life to billions of people. To give hope to billions of people. A positive religion. A religion, a true religion of peace is the religion of Christianity today. Oh, we know the past. We don't have to be reminded of the past. But Christianity evolved through the Crusades, through the Middle Ages. It's evolved. It is now a peaceful religion which, which won't survive. And you know why it can't survive? You know, it's said that the meek shall earth. I was raised by a Russian immigrant who used to say to me, the meek shall inherit, shh, I can't say the word. The meek shall inherit shite. That's what he discovered in his life. He discovered that the meek shall be kicked into the, into the gutter. The meek shall be thrown onto the third rail of the, of the, of the uh, subway car. The meek shall be thrown out of an airplane. You know there's a time for war and a time for peace. A time for love and a time for hate. Read your Bible. I don't have to look over my shoulder. I have to look over my shoulder and ask myself what the moronic 20-year-olds working at the networks or at the media have to think about the Bible. This is what we've come to. What the moronic moron drug addicts in the social media, most of them from the third world who have no concept of this nation, they're going to silence me and shut me off. They can go and do it. They can go and do it. They have that power because they are bigger than the government. They have more power than the government. Well, here we are. It's, it's not a happy day. It's a very sad day. I've waited all day. The other one from Minneapolis or Minnesota, not one word. Where are they? Where are they? Where are these Muslim congresswomen giving hope to the world? They give hate to the world. They give hate to the world. It's Easter Sunday, the day of resurrection. The day Hitler did what? No, not Hitler. Don't you understand what I just did for you? Do you understand how I just tricked the mind of the atheist and the communist? How I turned it around on them, how their mind is so warped that they think Jesus was Hitler. They think Hitler was a Christian when he was a pagan. Do you understand how sick they are? Do you have any idea how ill they are? Have you? I hope you understand how sick they are. Not only is liberalism a mental disorder, I've come to understand since I wrote that book in 2006, that liberalism is a fatal mental disorder. It's incurable. Do not look to them for uh, salvation. Do not look for, to them for any reason. 
So on this Easter Sunday, where do we turn for our hope? Well, as I was checking out of the supermarket tonight, black lady there I got to know, we talk once in a while, not my friend, doesn't come over for dinner, we just chat when I check stuff out. And uh, I don't know, I brought up something about the day of resurrection. She said it is, and then she whispered, "Why? what's with the Easter bunnies at the egg rolls? Rolling eggs on Easter Sunday. I said, that's what they do. That's how they wipe out the religion in the country. They turn everything into a joke. Do we need religion in the country? The, the leftists, the atheists would say, look what religion just did in Sri Lanka. Look what it might have done. You know, I'm not supposed to say it. In Rome, remember that? They said it was an electrical glitch. Are you joking? An electrical glitch? Burned down a church that's been there 800 years? And we're supposed to take whatever Anderson Cooper gives us? Whatever Wolf Blitzer gives us, whatever Shep Moron Smith gives us, we're supposed to accept it as truth. I say they should check themselves into a mental hospital for several years and disappear from the airwaves. Maybe the country can heal. But they're not my problem. They're not my enemy. They're not your enemy. The real enemy is within. And the real salvation is within. As I said to the woman, we can't worry about the outside world. We can only worry about the inner space. And as the Bible says, tend your own garden. That's all we can do is tend our own God. And I said, remember that? And this is absolutely true. I said to her, remember, the kingdom of God is within. It's in your heart. And I just gently tapped my chest. The kingdom of God is within. That's all you have to remember. Don't look outside. Don't look to your television sets for the truth. Don't look to Rupert Murdoch, who has become the Moloch of our times. Don't look to Moloch for the truth. Moloch and his puppets are not telling you the truth. Some try to sneak it in. They don't get too far. Don't look to CBS, ABC, NBC. Don't look to the networks. What are they? They're just people. And what kind of people are they? Generally, the people who hate God, hate their own country, although they claim they're great patriots. The fact of the matter is the kingdom of God is within. And if everyone listening to this broadcast, no matter how few we may be, and believe me, I know it's few. I'm not a megalomaniac. I know the size of my audience. But I also know that every nuclear reaction starts with one atom we can break the atom together a rabbi once said to me when i was going through troubles in the 1980s i came to see him he was a very religious man and he saw that there was a spark in me and he said to me michael when a man finds god if he brings the power of god into himself he can move mountains i didn't quite understand what he meant what do you mean move mountains? I can go and pick up Mount Everest? You can move mountains if you let God come into you. Ask a martial artist how they get the energy to break a piece of wood or a break, break a brick. It's not just sheer the force of the body. It's the force of the, of the chi energy. Now take that and magnify it on a hydrogen bomb level, and that's what you could do if you let the kingdom of God come within you. And let that energy come in you. I saw it happen in my own life. I know it can happen in other people's lives. I can't give you any more than that other than to say, do not look to the media for the truth. Look anywhere but the media for the truth. Look anywhere but the media for the truth. Do not turn to the media for anything but entertainment. They are one and the same as Hollywood. Think of Harvey Weinstein, but the next time you turn on the news, that's who's behind all the news shows. Think of someone who looks like Harvey Weinstein Sounds like Harvey Weinstein, talks like Harvey Weinstein in a different form. He might be thinner, 
He might look good in a pasta palace in Beverly Hills, but inside he's just Harvey Weinstein. So don't look to the news for the truth. Look to the kingdom of God within. And all I can say to you is, if this is God's will, if it's God's will to kill innocent people in the name of the religion of peace, there must be something behind this. Why would he let 8th century, 9th century lunatics who think that they're doing something holy based upon their holy book, why would he let them loose upon the earth? Why would Lucifer let them loose upon the earth? Who is Lucifer? Well, I'll let these questions hang in the air. The devil is very powerful. The devil is very powerful. The last line of the night is, it's the day of resurrection. I know many of you are broken today. You're not broken because you saw this horror in Sri Lanka from the morning till the night. You'd caught little pieces of it and you kept saying, why don't they say who did it? Why don't they say the man name was, the, the number one guy arrested was Muhammad Aziz Muhammad? Why? They won't even mention his name? Why? Why can't they say Muhammad Aziz Muhammad? If his name was John Smith, they would tell you it was John Smith. They'd show you his blonde hair, blue eyes. They would tell you all white men are evil, wouldn't they? So why is it the white men who run the media hate white men and hate their own culture and their own people? Have you thought about that? Answer, liberalism is an incurable mental disorder. Do not look to the media for the truth. Do not listen to the media for the truth. You have to turn first with him. And once you let God inside your soul, because he's always there, even if it's just a spark, let that spark become an ember, let that ember become a fire. And once the fire glows within you, all the answers will come to you. On this very tragically sad day for our fellows in Sri Lanka and everywhere else on earth that they are suffering, especially for our troops who are fighting them on cor in corners of the earth we don't even know about. We don't even know they're fighting them. For the police who have stopped terrorist acts from New York City to Los Angeles since 9-11, who we never hear from. To all of you, you are our saviors. You are our heroes. God bless all of you. God bless America. God save the world. The Westwood One Podcast Network.